All right, welcome back, Underground. We are, I mean, like weeks uh, after we recorded Chris Caputo, and, and he's back. It's crazy that you're here again, that yeah. you made time to come back in. Thanks, man. Actually, this is going to post the week after we recorded the last one. Days later. Yeah, and it's only minutes afterwards. <laughs> anyway, we uh, there's a, I got so excited about this book in the last episode by Doug Balzer. And the the book is Light Up the Dark. Uh, he also has the Empowerment Pivot. So I'm just encouraging you to read some of those. Um, but he has 10 uh, myth-busting divine healing, 10 shifts on myth-busting divine healing. So you know, we always talk about making short episodes. Uh, so I'm sure... You can guess how long this is going to go. We're going to have 10 points. We're going to do it really short, <laughs> obviously. that's That sounds like us. Uh, but we're going to – I just think these are really helpful. Um, I'm going to read the intro to this article that you can find on his site. So maybe that covers the copyright plagiarizing thing. Um, and we actually have a connection to him, so maybe we'll interview him as well. But we're going to hit these 10 myths with some commentary by Chris Caputo. And yeah, we'll see where this goes. Sounds fun. Uh, which is like natural for us to just make up in the moment. Riffing. And, yeah. Anyway, here we go. In the past six years, I've had the privilege of being present to well over 1,000 experiences of divine healing, some complete healing and others partial. Most of these were within, quote unquote, the church and some outside the church with people who did not yet know Jesus. Likely, more than 95% of these healings were realized not under my hands, but under the hands of God's people who had rarely, if ever, seen God heal people. Mm. That's an important point. Yet these folks had chosen to make the necessary shifts away from myths and misbeliefs and toward God's truth regarding God's heart to see people healed and restored. So this blog is devoted to busting the common myths I have observed surrounding the subject and would commend the intercessors and leadership teams of every church to consider these. So this is part of the leadership of the underground considering these now. <laughs> myth number one, we can't do what Jesus did. So this is a myth. That, that <laughs> you're going to do that the that's whole just, way through. That's my entire, entire We'll role. have the survey says, yes. cue up on that. <laughs> so myth number one, people are believing this myth that, well, I just can't do what Jesus did. So John fourteen twelve, Jesus said the opposite. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will mm -hmm. do the works I've been doing and even greater. Chris, response from myth number one. We can't do what Jesus did. Wow. I'd love to know the word greater in the Greek. I think it means greater in English, right? <laughs> I mean, that's a mic drop right there from Jesus. Yeah. I mean, he's basically telling, he's, he's entreating us to actually not only could do what I do, but hey, there's yay more than that, that you haven't even tapped yet. Now, at whether we've entered that post-Christ yet, I, I don't even know. Is that quantity? Is that quality? Is that different types of miracles, signs, and wonders we haven't seen yet? I don't know. But Jesus said it, and I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, number one, we can do it because he commanded us ding, to do ding, it. Ding, ding, <laughs> ding. <laughs> All right, myth number two. Some of these might have more commentary than others, but that one's pretty straightforward, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if you just believe we can't do it, Jesus yeah. did. You're not believing Jesus. We have access to everything in that Bible. Oh, we can do it. I mean, that's if you're if you're not believing that Jesus told you to do it, you're not believing Jesus. Just sit with that for mm -hmm. a little bit. All right, number two, we don't have the same empowerment as Jesus. 
<laughs> I wish I wish this was on video. If you could have seen Chris's eyes. So what's yeah, your, I need to hear it again so I can yeah, collect yeah. my unbelief on that. Response to myth number two. We yeah. don't have the same empowerment as Jesus. Mm. I mean, I'm going to take you to John. Well, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Take, take us to John. John 20, 21, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I mean, the ultimate question is, why did Jesus even have to come? I mean, for goodness sakes, if, if because what was the, always the argument? God, you are so holy, you're a fire, you're powerful, you're way distant, you're angry, <laughs> you're amazing. Like, mm-hmm. how do we do this? How, how can we even live up to this? I mean, this is part of why the son came is that we are to walk as a human being and he did not have the power until the baptism, of the Holy Spirit hit him at at the baptizer in, in the Jordan. So, yeah, yeah. We, we have the same. And is it Matthew? Right. All authority. He, he has it he's and he's giving it away. Yeah, the, the, this, yeah absolutely. And I, I mean, I'm just jumping to the what is it? Yeah. Romans and Romans eight. And I mean, so it's like. The, the, the spirit of God that dwells, the, same, the, the the spirit of sonship, the spirit of power, right? Like that, that's the same. That raised that's, Jesus that's from the so dead. so much of us. the good news of the kingdom of God is yes. that the spirit of the, the same God that dwells within Jesus is dwells within us, Correct. both individually and personally, you know? So it's just, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Myth number three, healing ability comes fully developed. Laugh. <laughs> 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 um <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. So the point of this myth is like, well, if if I had that gift, it I would just I would know how to do it. I would yeah. it would work every time. It's fully developed. Mm. I have it. Was that true for your life? Absolutely not. I, it, it's even ridiculous. Even Jesus didn't come fully developed out of the womb. He came as a helpless child, dependent mm. upon Ooh. his mother and father. I Ooh. mean, <laughs> what what comes into the world fully developed? Yeah. Hmm. A tree. Plant? I mean, what? Anything in creation comes fully developed. Anyway, that's an easy one right there. I like how well, easy that and is. And it's like all these other gifts, we don't expect that. Like, we don't expect the teacher to be like amazing, amazing the first time. <laughs> and every single time a teacher teaches, it hits home. We don't expect the evangelist amazing every time that proclaims the good news of Jesus. People fall in repentance, right? Like, but well, why do we expect that with healing? Well, let me let me clarify, maybe because I think I, I kind of understand where that's coming from. So that makes a little bit of sense instead of sounding completely, utterly, whatever. Um, is that people, it seems like something people get right from the get, it seems so powerful in its manifestation. Does that make sense? Like yeah. moving like right away. Like for me, I moved and yeah. signed wonders like the next day yeah. after going in that stuff. It got, something got activated. It wasn't matured yet. Yeah. 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 It's not fully developed. So not developed, way. not yeah, matured. Yeah. It's different. So That's good. Yeah. well, also just to mess with your mind a little bit, like Jesus had a, a mess up one time. I don't want to call it that. It's sort of a joke to make light of it. But it's like even in his healing, right, like there's a moment where he goes to heal a blind man, and it's not fully there. Uh Mm. I mean, Doug makes the argument. He's like, if you think you should have this fully developed, like there was a moment in Jesus' life where it wasn't like be healed of blindness. Like Mm. he had to do it twice. Um, But also – there's this moment with the disciples, right? Like they're trying to cast out a demon. They couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This kind can, but this kind can only come out by prayer. Like Jesus is instructing them. Right. He's helping them go. Like I know you've seen me do it this way, and you were trying to do it, but like this kind. Yeah. <laughs> There's another way that the you nuances. need to learn. Yeah, There's some nuances. Yeah. Sure. 
So don't be discouraged if, as you begin to lean into this, it doesn't like it's not. It, it, yeah, I love that though. That's really helpful. Nothing, and what you said too, like thanks, man. Yeah, there's no we don't expect this of all the other gifts. Yeah. Like that. And so the, the matured reality. I mean, there's power, and there's power in immaturity. There's mm-hmm. you're, you're around teachers, there who are great communicators, right? But immature. You know, and destructive yeah. with yeah, their yeah, words. Yeah. We could point you to some other podcasts. Well, I think us in the Greek in the West, we love the here's the box and here's the formula. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if you have such grace in something, there's nuances, even things we're very powerfully gifted and it doesn't look exactly the same in how we're wired normally. There's always yeah. the nuances. So, Myth number four always pray if it's God's will, dot, dot, dot. This is like our, this one is the qualifier. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, well, it wasn't God's will, so I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I didn't know if I was supposed to do the noise on that or not. I was confused on that. How yeah, that so was worded. Yeah. the myth the the myth that we believe is I should always pray if it's God's will, and like that's a good word. It's a qualifier, but it's sort of like well, kind of protects me from what we talked about in the last episode, feeling need to explain or have to yeah explain for God or stand up for Him. What What are your thoughts on that one? I might give that one a little bit of a break. I, the spirit behind it is is if it's fear and you're you know wanting to back up God and yourself from looking like in a total fool. I mean, I get that. And there's some there's some good protocol. I think I think let them off the hook a little bit. There's some healthy protocol to say, you know, to, there is there is explain because people don't understand what you're doing or this is weird or whatever. You got to put context yeah. to some of this stuff. And and for you not to be so braggadocious and bold and and bang bang the the, the prayers and the Bible over people's heads, that's equally not as healthy. However, yeah. we are to be bold and say, you know, Paul never said if it's God's will, you know, heal mm-hmm. the sick or you're free or this or Jesus or Peter or John. None of them did that yeah. in the scriptures. In fact, the question was asked to Jesus, if it is your will, son of David. Mm. You know, and Jesus responded that accordingly. Of course, of course, mm-hmm. of course, I won't heal you. Mm-hmm. So, this is some of uh, Doug's responses. Like, you know, we're praying that out of fear. What if it doesn't happen? Right. And what does it say about me? Right. But Jesus never intended us to wrestle with the question of whether healing is God's will or not. He viewed the advance of the kingdom of God through a different lens. Did Jesus heal everyone in the first century Palestine? No. Did he heal everyone the Father directed him to? Yes. Mm-hmm. He only did what he saw his father doing. Um, jumping down, he just says repeatedly, Jesus commanded his followers and still does to proclaim the gospel, heal the sick, free the captives. We never wonder if it's God's will to preach the gospel. We should not wrestle with the same for healing. <laughs> like it is God's will mm-hmm. is his point. Like don't be afraid of that. I, 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 I appreciate the And the I love how there. even Jesus invited his disciples unto being time with his father. These were the, his people of peace. Mm-hmm. Like they were bor- bor- birthed into the, into this whole thing through that experience. So yeah. I think for some of us, like we made to revisit some of that, how we're beginning stuff with people, mm-hmm. you know, is it really extraordinarily being prayerful mm-hmm. and, and, and timing and, and, and there's nuances and waiting and not just rushing cause it's what we're supposed to do, but really is it the time to do it? Yeah. Really good. All right. Myth number five. We need to beg God to heal people. <laughs> for years, my prayers for healing sounded more like I was begging God, trying to get his attention, attempting mm-hmm. to convince him that healing this person would be a good idea. 
I never once saw someone get healed in this manner. <laughs> I guess my encouraging heart wants to say, if you have, if you feel like some of these symptoms are you're checking boxes on this, I want to say, I get it. It's okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're in the game. Praise God. This. I, I have too. I bet. Hey, I, yeah. I did too. When I when I scraped my knee up, I did. But right. you're in the game. Keep going. Yeah. So, again, what is it? What was the the this one says um, the myth, the myth that we believe essentially is we need to beg God to heal people rather than just proclaiming it, mm-hmm. believing it, speaking it. It's like I know I've been in, in in moments of praying for healing where it's like, God, just do this one thing. Please do this one thing. God, just do this one thing. Just do it. Yeah. And it's not stepping into the authority yeah. that he has given us as daughters and sons. Um, and I, I guess I'll fall on the sword on this too. Like, like when there's desperate situations and yeah, someone's really totally. sick That's and my I mean. wife, my parent, like, I'm just like, I'm like, and I'm, I'm a mess yep. and I'm begging. Yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah. But, but, but here's, I think what he's hitting on is like, don't come from a place of an orphan, you know, please. So I may have another, like all of a twist. That's the spirit we don't want to have. Mm. Go ahead, Corey. Sorry. No, you said it so much better. Exactly. All right. Myth number six. Follow a specific method. Mm-hmm. So the, the myth that we believe here in number six is that we should always follow a specific method. He says healing prayer is not about a certain method or ritual. Jesus' healings were unique to each person, and this personalized the approach. I think if you move in this and you're hearing this, you'll you'll probably laugh at that. But here's the here's what's what I've had to understand, and even I needed I needed training wheels. You know, it says always. That was the thing that says I'm not. I think you can start there with a framework. Mm. Yep. But let go of the training wheels. And you're gonna have to ride the bike mm-hmm. and let the wind get at your back or at your front and figure out how to navigate the bike. Totally. This is actually really helpful. Yeah, because it's like we're hearing the both. Like we're hearing yeah, yeah. truth to that. I'm Chris a, validating it, but also being yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it's not no, as black also, and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's not, also been said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I and I, I I fully agree with you. It's, it's it's like anything we do. It's like framework can be helpful so that we can even know. The, the lanes and where to go like my, my kids you know they put bumpers when they bowl because it's helpful um but over time you're going to take those off because you know you got to play the game so it's, i think that's kind of the conversation is that you're not going to be bumper oh man bumper prayers yeah and the, the truth is too like if you go to doug's website and read through this he's he's not so black and white either right. we're pulling each of these out of context for the sake of a, a great podcast yeah. <laughs> All right, what are we on? Myth number seven? Uh-huh. We're moving Getting toward there. the end. We're Getting moving there. toward the end. If at first you don't succeed, give up. <laughs> so the myth is <laughs> if 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 uh, if I pray for healing and it doesn't happen, I should just stop because clearly I don't have this gift and I don't need to operate in this way. Yeah, it's ask, seek, and knock till the door opens. Um I mean, there's plenty of scriptures we can go to to counteract that with the, the widow, you know, demanding and the judge just because he was so, you know, mm-hmm. frustrated, he sent her away and took care of her. So that that is a complete deception, you know, or that it's even you that it's the reason the other person's not getting healed. That's rubbish. Yeah. Absolute rubbish. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tee you up on some other yeah. stuff with this one that he writes about. So he brings up the Mark 8 story with Jesus made mud with his saliva. And the man's uh, eyesight was only partially healed. Jesus then checked in with him. Mm. So he talks a lot about, like, as you're praying, like, check in. Do you feel anything? Are you sensing anything? Um, the man had only received partial healing, and then he moved around too. Uh, so that's one thing, like, check in. Another thing is um, 
he says, like, frequently there's some sort of blockage that can often be discerned by asking, Holy Spirit, is there anything that might be blocking what you wish to do in this person's life? So these are just other things he's saying, like, not not only not give up in the sense of I'm never going to even try this again. It's also like in the moment as you're praying for somebody, there's not immediate healing. Yeah. You shouldn't just walk away like. Right. The gray. It's yeah. like if someone's at a nine level pain, well, what's your at now? I'm at a six. Oh, okay. Wow. We should keep praying. They're at a six. Yeah. They're not at a nine. Yeah. Like, let's celebrate that. Now we're getting down to a four. Let's keep going. And if that that's it, it's at a four. It's better than a nine. Mm. Yeah. Cool. So that's a helpful one. Like when you're beginning to pray for people, step into this. Don't give up immediately. Yes. But also don't go begging just like calmly. Right. Like I'm asking, how are things or do you sense anything? Like we're just walking with Jesus in this. All right. Myth number eight needed anointing oil and elders. Mm. Notice we, we believe mm. The the myth here is that I believe I need to have my little bottle of anointing oil and I need the elders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because of James 5. Right. I mean, so it's, it's funny because it's not like that is an unbiblical thing. It's clearly taken directly from Scripture. Uh, while at the same time, it's like, oh, man, we're missing the, the far larger narrative of the everyday person released by Jesus to come alongside the, the, the priesthood of all believers. Right. So it's... Like well, that, he says James hard. 5 is very specific. Yep. Like it's very specific where sick people approach church leadership for healing. Mm. So it's not like, in, he's saying like that that's a specific moment that does instruct us when someone approaches church leadership. Mm. This is what you do with that. Mm. But in all of these thousands of other moments <laughs> right. that is potential, right? Yeah. you don't have to have an elder close by or a... Why can't we have both? What's in the word? And Jesus went on the road, and didn't, I don't see the vials coming out, putting them on his fingers, and laying hands on people. Yeah. Or Paul, I didn't. Yeah. I don't see that. So let's have both. Yeah, yeah. Let's live in intention of both. That's right. Yeah. All right. Myth number nine. There's only two left. No healing. Condemn the person. <laughs> <laughs> I love. <laughs> I love how I'm c- catching both of you off guard. With these. So uh, you mean the one who's praying for healing, or the one who didn't get healed? Uh. Yeah, I guess it doesn't say. I am so strongly repulsed when I hear stories yeah. of Christians condemning others when healing does not occur. Oh, it's like it's their bl- fault. Blaming that, their lack of yeah. their lack of faith. After, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. After his infant daughter's death, I had someone tell me that her death was my fault, that she died because of sin in my own life. Mm. That's a tender one. That is now that like we talked about last podcast when John Wember gave us a little bit of wisdom from from his years of writing about, you know, there are reasons why things don't happen. Some of it's a mystery. Let's mm-hmm. let's lean heavily into the mystery. Let's not get so black and white and and uh, put it on people and making in some narcissistic ways to take the, the thing off of you because it didn't happen. I think that's what I'm hearing there in that story. So that, you know, the the great healer of God, you know, it didn't work. So we gotta we gotta we gotta find a villain in this story. Yeah. It's 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 rubbish. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. And the truth is, he says, they can't heal people. We can't. Only Jesus can heal. Yeah. You're taking Which responsibility. Is Christ in us. Not on you. That's absolutely yeah. correct. It's Christ in us yeah. that heals. That's right. So shouldn't condemn anyone. Uh, that, that should just be a blanket statement. <laughs> now, I do want to say, like, uh, to save a soul, to raise it, like, actually, us right here, guys, I mean, as humans, we can't, we don't have power to do that. Yeah. That is actually pretty true. It's Christ in us. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit flowing through us. Yes, we can. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
Totally. Myth number 10, last one. Healing only for the church. <laughs> so in his book, Anointed for Business, Ed Silvoso notes that of the 40 observable miracles yeah. in the book of Acts, 39 of them occurred outside <laughs> religious environments. Yeah. <laughs> this statistic ought to wake the church up and look outside our windows. Amen. Thoughts on that, Chris? Healing, it's only for the church. Uh, church not a building, church is a people. <laughs> so in a sense, he's like, I think what he's saying, it's not meant for the four walls of the building. Yeah. It's meant we are the church and we are to be the agents of healing. Yeah. So The agents of, but not... I think even we're we're looking at the context and the recipients. Like I think a lot of times we're even like for very church people are going to think of that within the context of quote unquote church. Or I got to go to the healing meetings and the revival meetings. Yeah, or what, yeah. whatever it may be. And I think, man, that is that is an eye opening statistic. Well, is I, that it was in the context of mission. Well, I think he's also saying when when he says this, when Jesus gives me a quiet prompting to pray for healing of a not yet believer or to simply release God's peace upon them, I've learned not to hesitate. So I think he's also leaning into like, it's not just for people that have already surrendered their life to Jesus that they get some special dispensation right. of healing. It's like, no, this is uh, maybe more so for I think outside. the majority of people were not believers in Jesus because when he showed up, who believed in him? Yeah, Except yeah, the 12. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, <laughs> it's probably not where we want to go. I'm like, it's more of a bigger conversation of like, does healing happen more? Like, biblically, does it happen more among unbelief within the context of mission than it does, unbelievers, I mean, than it does within church gatherings? And I, I don't really want to go down that route because I don't really know, but it's it's interesting because yeah. you look at the purpose <laughs> no of healing. Like, <laughs> I think you should take a podcast and go down that route. Yeah, we could. <laughs> I mean, because I'm just thinking of the, the, the purpose so often is a, it blows the door open. Mm -hmm. A demonstration of the kingdom breaking in. Right. And then that, even that, what's implied in that is among people where it hasn't broken in yet. Right. And so there, that is the context where I was going to say the same thing with, I thought where that stat was going was looking at the life of Jesus. You're looking at the book of Acts and it's the same thing. It's like in the context of mission on the road, going out, um, you know, being called to go to make disciples, right? That's the context where we see so many of these miracles breaking through. So it, it is eye-opening. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a it's a statistic. It's not like a, here's my opinion. That's like one of those verifiable, no, here's the instances. So that is that is super interesting. Well, those that were in the structure of the church of that day in the rabbinical structures, there was a lot of offense. There was accusation of him coming from the devil. So yeah. if you, I mean, if you really, and then argumenting, yeah. arguing, and I mean, on and on and on, there were all these manifestations when he showed up in those structures. Yeah. That was interesting. But do we want to poo-poo it? Will we have churches that move in this? Absolutely not. Absolutely oh, yeah. not. No, 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 not at all. But do we want to dismiss that it can happen outside of the church? That's absolute rubbish. Right. Absolutely trash. I, right I think that that stat gets to the heart of why we're having this conversation. Exactly. Yes. Is like we, we want to be effective missionaries. Mm -hmm. We want to be effective disciple makers to see new contexts, new people, new networks of relationship reached, new church families birthed from the ground up. And if we're going to divorce the miraculous and signs and wonders and healing in particular in this conversation from that, we are taking out a, a giant weapon mm. from the arsenal, which yeah. is what we see in the new Testament is that, yeah, signs and wonders open up the door to all of this. So that's the purpose. I mean, we, we now we're 23 and a half minutes into this podcast to then say, this is actually why we're having this conversation is that last point that mm -hmm. Doug made. Doug, 
Yep. Doug, I'm excited to meet you someday. Thanks for your, your yeah. book and your blog. Yeah, that one. So just to hit that again, I think it's DougBalzer.com, D-O-U-G-B-A-L-Z-E-R.com. The book is The Empowerment Pivot. The other book is Light Up the Dark. Those are the two that are on my shelf. But there's he's got so much more. And just in, uh, two things are coming to my mind. One is go pick up those books if you're mm. curious about going further on this conversation. But two is like, this is a shorter episode. Go back, listen through it. <laughs> what are some of the myths that you believe? We should have said that first. It's like take some notes, write this down, and like mm. offer that to Jesus. Ask him to help you break free from that. Um, Chris, any other like maybe myths that you think of or I don't I mean you're the last word on this yeah (laughs) I just you know and I think from a disciple making if I could speak to the DMM movement right now um, think about it this way as we're maturing and we're we're learning tools and frameworks and 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 training wheels and stepping out and just trying and being encouraged I I think some sometimes the, the how things get started and initiated you almost have to continue to feed that same so it's like if you're birthed mm. in a place of fear, you're going to heaven or hell. There's like this thing that you got to keep <laughs> repenting because I'm a whatever. Or if we, if we decide to take on a neighborhood or a, a people of a people group, and we're, we're we're doing it out of mixture of his strength and our strength, you're gonna have to keep feeding that. So even just for those of you that like Jerry Riggs and those of you like, you know, the quickest way to get there with the greatest amount of fruit, minimal amount of friction, lean into the supernatural, lean into it. Cause here's the thing. And it doesn't mean God has to show up every time like that. Cause mm-hmm. that's not what happened to the disciples. Actually he did life with them and loved them and right. explained stuff and formed them and they became one. But the thing is, is that it's, you can always use that as a reference point. It's like, well, remember what the Lord did mm. versus us coming in, you know, that's guns good. hot, that's good. you know, cause we're, we're so bold and, and, and confident we want that. But at the same time, let's lean more into his grace and his power. Mm. Why not? So good. That's what Jesus did. So good. Yeah. All right. That's it. 10 myths. That's a hard word to say. I kept like slowing myths. down. Myths. myths. Ding, ding, ten, ding. 10 myths. <laughs> 10 myths. 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 <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches in every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.